Savage. Hi. How you today? I'm great. How are you? I, I don't know. Can you tell how I'm feeling? I actually put makeup on my face for like the first time in weeks. So You look pretty. You do. I'm, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Pretty. I am here. Oh, I think I knocked We good? Yeah, we good. Sorry. I just had to adjust the volume there, guys. Gotcha. My bad. <laughs> it's okay. My just bad. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> no, I just had to adjust the volume. We're good. No, but yeah, I put makeup on my face for like the first time in weeks because I am lazy. And uh, You're silly. Well, I'm not in pain now, so. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> That's, That's a, a great thing, thing. Going to the dentist and getting relief. Yes. I'll take a root canal any day, guys. <laughs> yes. So, so what's up? Um, I've got some news articles that I want to share with you. Sweet. Um, since we will be, this is a serial killer episode. I figured that talking about killers would be appropriate. Well, duh. Of course. Um, the first one that I want to say is that the Golden State Killer was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Um, he um, is seventy-four years old, so he's saying, "I'm fragile. I'm old." I, I'm not going to last long in prison. You weren't fragile and old when you were raping and killing them women. So sorry, dude. He uh, confessed to 13 murders and 50 rapes. Just because you are old does not mean you get a literal get out of jail free card. No, you Sorry, dude. You confessed. You got busted. (laughs) My bad. You're going to jail. Sorry. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Kiss my ass. Thank you. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, the second news article that I want to share is that the, uh, our great country is going to ask our, um, justice department to reinstate the Boston Marathon bombers, um, Sarnif's death sentence for helping. Sarnayev. Yeah. Sarnayev. Um, his death sentence for carrying out the 2013 attacks that killed three people and wounded more than 260 others. Um, so we're going to see how that goes. Uh, see, stay tuned. D- go and this is a controversial there. hot take, but Amy does not believe in um, capital punishment. So um, I'm not for the death penalty. I'm like, you, get, you, they put you on death row nine times out of ten, you end up staying on death row anyway and taxpayers are still supporting to take care of your ass so Mm -hmm. to me it's like um kind of pointless and then you also have the countless number of people that are committed well are um convicted wrongfully Mm -hmm. of committing crime and then they're executed and then it comes out they were innocent the whole time so how how do you fix that you can't so i don't i don't believe in you can't i don't believe in capital punishment for that reason because it's it happens too often so just a little quick side note i don't believe in capital punishment yeah and maybe we can do a little bit more digging into these murders that i'm i'm discussing now and maybe they can be a topic of a podcast that we have but we'll see um, the last one is you're talking about people believing people are innocent and, mm-hmm. you know, being on the fence on that. This is a case, the one that I'm about to talk about, that's yeah. very controversial. Okay. Um, it's the Scott Peterson case. Oh, Scott Peterson did it. Um, he was found guilty. He is of course, guilty. Of course. He is so <laughs> fucking guilty. He is not innocent at all. Right. No. <laughs> but there are people that do say that oh, he is. Oh, God. So, so you I'm know, sorry, y'all are just, no. He killed his wife. He killed his unborn child. Sorry. He did. No, I don't. No. Now, that one, yeah. Go ahead and shove his ass in the electric chair. <laughs> he killed a kid. Fuck that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Sorry, um, I'm, Amy has such varying opinions. Yeah, that's not a good thing to talk about with me. Yeah, yeah they did overturn it, so he's going to remain in prison. Um, well, good. He needs to remain in prison. Yeah, so, um. Spend his life behind bars. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, those are just three little news articles that I found and wanted to share. Um, yeah, he needs to stay, like, just... Somebody shank his ass, okay? I, I remember it. when just, that. Just do it. I remember when it happened in two thousand and two, oh, and yeah. how glued that I was to that case, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like, what kind of man would would 
want to do that you know like um (sighs) you know you and i had a discussion earlier that we also wanted to start talking about like unsolved cases and everything Mm -hmm. there's one that has stuck with me for so long that i actually thought about earlier i was like oh i kind of want to talk about that okay i'd like to talk about uh natalie holloway going yes disappearing back in 2005 i remember that case very well because that was the year i graduated too so You know, she would have been my age. Happen. We can make that happen. So I want to talk about that at one point. We will do it. Not anytime soon, mind you, but it's going to happen. Right. Because we have a lot of stuff that we, we're going to get out to you guys. Yeah, um, coming up. We do. Um, very excited about the stuff we have coming out. But um, I'm excited about as, this episode. as more details come on those three cases, right, I'll we'll talk about them and we'll update you guys as they come to play. Yes. Um, so this episode, I'm, I'm actually, y'all should thank me because I asked her for this one. Yes, you did. I asked for this one. This is my episode. Yes, you did. She's talking about it, but this is, I was like, no, if you're going to do this thing, you've got to talk about this dude because if Amy doesn't really do serial killers, all right, but I am fascinated with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinated. And mind you, he actually is part of the inspiration for American Horror Story Hotel. Part of the inspiration, not the other. Yes, but um, yes. the other part, of course, we've already talked about the Cecil Hotel. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. now it just seems fitting that we discuss that, this right? and complete the other half because, you know, it's not going to be too long before it starts time for our annual, you know, American Horror Story binge watching because October is coming. And I have to, <laughs> even though we're not getting new episodes, I need my American Horror Story fix. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Netflix. COVID oh, has taken which, it away from Disney me Plus this year. Okay. Has already started their Halloween. <gasps> Shut up! Yes, I had not Halloween. That. Ta- all the Halloween Town movies are on Disney Plus. Oh, this makes me happy. <laughs> What's under my bed? Which I, which is about the Boogeyman. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite Disney Channel movies, and okay. so that's on there now. And Hocus Pocus is on there. So you know who watched Hocus Pocus at work the other day, right? Love it. You know, while I'm doing my paperwork and just yeah, this background noise. Just noises. got it on there. Just got yeah. it on there. So Love you know, it. Hocus Pocus. That's exciting. It's it's just the most wonderful time it's the most of the wonderful year. Time of the year. It's it's the end of August. You know, it's like what middle of August. Yeah. Well, so more towards kind of, the end. More towards the end. Yeah. But still, you know, um, <laughs> come on, man! I've been ready for Halloween since August first. Yes. So yes. Jenny just won't let me put out my um, Halloween so, decorations. I'm so ready to put Yet. out my decorations. It's and happening. Just be able to just... After my birthday, it's happening. I love it. So I love it. So yeah. In case you're wondering which serial killer we're talking about that has inspired. American Horror Story in that way, right? Right. This gentleman also, it is a theory. He is Jack the fucking Ripper. That he's Jack the Ripper. I believe this. I'm sorry. I may go around the rabbit hole with some things, but dude, this dude had to have been Jack the Ripper. It's I mean, very it would account for the reason why they never caught him. It's very possible. I mean, very, come on. Very possible. Dude. There. Just we'll, go ahead and say his name. We will never know. Just go ahead and say his name. We're talking. We're about talking about H. H. Holmes. Yes. Yes. Um, he was born Herman Webster Mudgett in Gilmington, New Hampshire, in May of 1860. With a name like Mudgett, yeah, I'd change my name too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Some of these serial killers she's talked about, I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd change my name too. Right. Um, he wanted to change his name to H.H. H. Holmes because he was really interested in Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So he got the inspiration for Holmes because of that. Oh, wow. So, to you know, not to give you any creepy thoughts about Sherlock Holmes, but he's well, kind of the Well, I like Sherlock Holmes is kind of creepy anyway. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, come on. Sherlock Holmes did fucking cocaine. So, I mean, yeah. it was kind of a thing. And he's a pretentious asshole. So, but then again, you know, it's I funny, never read the right? Sherlock Holmes books. I just watched the show Sherlock, which I was obsessed with that. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. Right. Benedict we love Cucumber, Benedict. whatever his name is. We love Benedict. 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 <laughs> we love him. You know so. how it goes. Um, he was married at the age of 18, but within a year, his wife left him. Uh, well, he left her, excuse me, and enrolled in the School of Medicine at the University of Vermont in Birmingham. Bur- Burlington. Burlington. God, I cannot, I cannot talk. 
Um, but he soon found that that program was too limited, and he entered the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, which is one of the leading medical schools in the West. He graduated in 1884, but he had already embarked on his criminal career. He was embezzling the proceeds of a book-selling trip through Illinois, and he, was, um, he had a breach of promise by a widow hairdresser in Ann Arbor. Charged him as well. Wow. So, t- it, this one really interests me because it's not very often that you hear about a serial killer that has a medical degree of any kind. But to find one of the medic, one of your colleges limiting on what you're learning, like this guy was smart. Yeah, you can, he's crazy. He's crazy. But then again, isn't it like a lot of serial killers? They're like genius level intelligence, but you know, mm-hmm. something just kind of like some just clicks. That's just not right. right. Yeah. So, um. He did gain a license as a druggist in July of 1886. So So, basically he was a pharmacist. Right. Um, And he could also sell, go into doctor's offices and... Okay, so he was a drug rep and pharmacist. It it doesn't say exactly what part of the druggist that he was, but it was either one or the other. You'd figure more than likely it's kind of both back in the day. Probably. Probably. So, um... He did end up started working for a drug company in Chicago around this time. But the owner, who was a widow, she mysteriously disappeared soon after Dr. Holmes took over. Wonder why. And she had signed over the drugstore. Of course she did. So, again, this guy is very smart. He went after people he knew he could get something after. Right? Mm -hmm. So, he is now the owner of this drugstore. So, he's making some some money right right so around this time he's got this income coming in and he and now the uh world fair was getting ready to happen around this time in 1893 um so he decides that he wants to build this massive castle like hotel Mm. okay so this hotel had it was in the district of Inglewood, which is just a few miles of where the fair would be held. Right. So, you know, convenient. Right. Convenient. He knew that it was going to be a lot of people coming in and out. He again, he's thinking money. He's thinking money point. at he's this thinking, point. Right. He's thinking money. Now, while this hotel was being built, he would have contractors and he would hire them and fire them really quickly. And sometimes he wouldn't even pay the people because he would say that they did something wrong. And he would get out of paying them. Well, that sounds a bit suspicious. Right. Sus- definitely suspicious. Thank you, Bailey Sarian, for yes. our new vocabulary. Absolutely. But he would hire them and fire them extremely quickly. He wanted them, you're going to do this broom, you're going to, you know. And he, he had it to where very few people knew exactly what was going on and what was happening at the hotel. Right. He lim- again, smart guy. Yeah. You know. Now, this hotel... While it was being built, not only was he hiring and firing these people, but it was like a big spectacle. Like everybody was watching well, this yeah. being built I mean, it's because like, <laughs> hello, World's Fair, yeah, right. and all that other good shit. <laughs> right. I mean, it's one of those things to where you don't see big skyscrapers being built, and at this no. time is when a lot of them we started getting into that type of that type of world that we live in, right? Yeah. Like the Rockefellers and all of that, you know. So, again, this hotel, on the bottom, he had retail shops, one of which just happened to be used as a drugstore. Again, he's thinking, not only am I going to get money for renting out these rooms, but I'm going to get money because people are going to want Because I'm pushing drugs. chloroform and shit like that. Right. You know, the, the good shit back in the day. Exactly. Um, pushing Coca-Cola that still had the cocaine in it. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It get, it, get, it gets kind of dark, so you know we, we gotta, we gotta lighten throw it up a little some, bit. Gotta lighten gotta it up throw a little some, bit. Gotta throw some humor in there, right? Now, on the first floor, there were six corridors, which had thirty-five rooms and fifty-one doors. Now, above that, there were a further thirty-six rooms. So, at this point, he's doing all of this while everybody's watching, preparing for the fair. Yeah. Now, once the fair was happening, it is truly unknown how many women walked into this hotel and never walked out. 
The exact number has never been found out, and we will. So, never did he know. just like mainly like focus on women? Mm-hmm. Or he did. It was mostly women that he went after. Um, most of these women that he went after that we know about, it was for different things. Okay. It was because he was able to gain something. Like, so there was something in it for him, something they had he wanted. Exactly. And it was just very convenient for them to go disappear after he got what he wanted. Right. Okay. So you started talking about chloroform. Well, right. he did begin ordering large quantities of chloroform. And when he was asked, because even at that time, it was like, you're only limited to so much of this stuff. Why are you ordering so much? Kind of like how it is nowadays with, you know painkillers and right. stuff like that right okay what do you what do you need this prescription for <laughs> right like what are you doing with us like what do you need this for again like dude right. i don't know the doctor just gave it to me right just just hush up if you have any questions talk to the doctor don't talk to me <laughs> but um when he was asked what are you doing with all of this chloroform he would just simply say it was for scientific experiments it didn't really so that was a legit excuse back in the day yeah it it was was for a science experiment scientific experiment so you know if somebody came up to me Mm -hmm. and they were buying like a large amount of lime or Mm -hmm. stuff you would think would be used for nefarious reasons right like so why exactly are you buying so much arsenic Right. Oh, it's for a science experiment. Okay, cool. So no go problem. ahead. Go ahead. That, that, that would raise some red flags to me. Right. But we also have to think about the time frame that we're in, too. Yeah, the late 1800s, right. early 1900s. So it, it's one of those things to where it was like people didn't really pay that close attention and they didn't question it. You gave them an answer. They took this the word This is a dude it. that sold... Right. That He's, owned a drugstore right. and was building and was a hotel. building this huge hotel. They're not Yeah, you're to, not going to think twice. Right. They're Just like, maybe this dude's a little off this rocker so right which is strange a little bit little strange little man <laughs> so in addition to him hiring and firing these people and and you know he's apparently he's getting a lot of money coming in if he's able to build this big hotel and he's got all this you know drugstore money coming right. in and all of this he was buying everything on credit why he was buying everything on credit it's got money maybe because he didn't want to spend his money and maybe because he was trying to just be okay as so rich he as was possible. pretty much that's the way that it seems with this um and he uh he rarely paid for anything that he used to buy with credit um he just used his remarkable charm and i have an example and a quote from a gentleman that uh worked for him at the hotel okay and where are you getting this quote from um it is a book we talked about the book in the last one the albert fish one it's called yeah. serial killers by brian ennis ennis um this gentleman uh says that this is one of his managers as well said that creditors would come by here um all upset and calling him all kinds of names as you can imagine if you owe somebody a lot of money they're not Bitch gonna better be have happy. my money facts okay and what he would do he said that he would just smile and talk to them and he would set up some cigars and set up some drinks and then he would send them on seamlessly just as friends for life oh so he got five on it right he, <laughs> he, he, he was doing it. it he was doing it <laughs> He, the manager also went on to say that I never saw him angry and you couldn't have troubled him if you wanted or tried to. Dude, that's so, that's kind of weird. Like, I, I think, honestly, with a lot of these serial killers, it's, it's almost like a majority of them have multiple personalities or they're able to showcase different sides of themselves. I feel like they lack different emotion. People. Right. And they're able to push things aside and not let people see what's really going on until it's too late so that may be an example of that is he's just like i'm such a good guy how well do you have to compartmentalize things like that to be like that like i mean i would go nuts that's just me Mm because lord jesus the things that go through my head right i wouldn't be able especially when somebody especially when i have somebody coming at me in that way of like where's my money you're nothing i need this money you're trash like getting up in your face about it and then they're just walking away like like, your best friends like that just shows how charming and how smart this guy was because he knew what they're looking how that would be so stressful for me though yeah i'd go nuts just from the stress yeah i i 
that may have been <laughs> i mean <laughs> okay okay talking you know? about a coping mechanism that is very unhealthy yes very unhealthy um yeah, that's an understatement. A little bit, just an understatement of the year, <laughs> the century of the century of twenty twenty. Right, <laughs> right. So now, around this time, employees at the hotel they began to leave without notice. A waitress in the restaurant was at work one day, and she was just gone the next. Jenny Thompson, she was a stenographer. She disappeared, as well as a woman named Evelyn Stewart. And also during this time frame, customers complained of a strange chemical smells. And Holmes, it's the science experiments. Right. Um, he used his charm to kind of just say basically what you just said. It's a scientific experiment. That's the drugs next door. I'm sorry. We're just, you know. So this was after the hotel had been finished and mm-hmm. it's an operation. Mm-hmm. So does it say, you know, how these people went missing or because I, I've heard it was basically like just one gigantic. <clears throat> torture chamber escape room kind of so you know i love you know my love for johnny depp is really real right, right. so is and this what inspires Sweeney todd that's what i'm thinking <laughs> because it really reminds me of that because he had it to where he could just like drop the bodies into the basement and so and there was like trap doors in the rooms right but what if there was a room so were the rooms like kind of staggered because you would think if there's trap them, doors in the rooms wouldn't that be kind of weird you're sleeping in your bed one night in this hotel and next thing you know boom here comes a body landing on top of your ass and then your ass is disappearing too and so on and so forth till you're all in the basement you're right he had it he had it set up where he would so basically it was very much like sweeney todd in the fact that he would randomly just choose these people and he would throw them into the like put them in these rooms and in part of the rooms, it would have a chute that would basically send them down to the basement. Right. So. But it's still, this kind of weird. It's like, how do, how do you pick who goes in what room? I think a lot of it had to do with if they were alone, the women were alone, or if it was a group of women. Now, see, for me, I would think, like, so is he at the <clears throat> checkout every single time somebody comes around? I mean, you don't have, you have to think. He, right, he can't like, always be there. Right. Like, He's got to have, he have somebody that does checkout. And does other people know what's happening to these people that right, they put in these specific Right, he people rooms? that were in cahoots? It's very possible. We're talking cahoots, people. We're talking cahoots. We're talking cahoots. We're talking cahoots. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So... <clears throat> We were just talking about the smell, right? And right. He, would, he would he would use his charm to handle it. You know, it's nothing. It's just my scientific experiment, basically. So he would occasionally invite his acquaintance, Charles Chapel, who Cahoots. was skilled in stripping the flesh from bodies in order to resemble skeletons for doctor's offices and teaching laboratories, right? Right. So Was he, he like, selling these? Yes. So what happens is he will get the bodies this way and then he would either sell them or he would do it for some like for example, he was doing it for HH Holmes for $36. HH Holmes would come to him and say, "These people, I'm a doctor, they died in my office. They don't have any other relatives, they don't have any family. I want to send their body and donate their body to So science. was his doctor's office in the hotel too? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So he had like all of this going so on. So he had a drugstore, he had a murder hotel, and he had a doctor's <clears throat> office, mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would, once he paid Mr. Chapel $36 to make the skeleton, right? To prepare the skeleton right. for the doctor's offices and teaching laboratories, he would subsequently sell it for profit, which was normally around $200 that these universities and doctor's offices would give him for these skeletons. Mm. So, again, we don't know how many of these victims were really his patients and died and how many he killed. You know, it the number of his murders are just really unknown. So, in the weeks um, since when before the fair opened, we're going to go back a little bit, he went through a fake marriage with Minnie Williams, who uh, brought her sister Anna to live with them in an apartment that he had temporarily rented. Now, he used his charm to persuade Minnie to uh, put the deed to the land that she owned in Fort Worth that she got from an inheritance. 
in his name. He told her that if you do this, I will send you on a luxurious trip to Europe. Yeah, she went on a trip she to Europe. She went on a trip right. somewhere, but it won't to Europe. She went on a trip to the basement. <laughs> right. So on the night of July the 4th, her and her sister vanished in the laboratory of his hotel. So shortly after that, um, his friend, his name was Benjamin Pitzel. And Mr. Pitzel's going to have a big part of this story. Now, Mr. Pitzel, he was a known alcoholic, but he was a very big family man, and he worked really hard to be able to provide for his family. Right. Of course, as any kids. man would. Right. He had five kids. And um, he was a carpenter, and he worked for homes at, with Building the construction hotel. of the hotel. So he was one right? of the ones that worked on it and didn't get fired. <clears throat> right. Yeah, he actually stuck it out. Like, they became really close Cahoots. friends. Cahoots. Possibly. Yeah, he More did go likely. into cahoots with, with something else, but it was very, very, very possible. But he gave um, Benjamin Pitzel's wife a collection of clothing, um, female clothing and shoes and stuff. And he said that it had belonged to his cousin who had just gotten married and moved out east and they no longer needed the the clothing anymore. So that was probably it was probably many many and Annie and Anna's stuff. But Mm -hmm. also, what about all these guests that were women at the hotel that went missing? What happened to their luggage? I mean, very possibly that could be part of theirs, too. So there you go. So at that point, after he didn't got rid of many who was his love interest at that time. Right. Right. He then found a new conquest. Her name was Georgina Yoke. She worked as a uh, saleswoman in a big department store. They got engaged. And at this point, the fair was nearing the closing date. So this is pretty much like the height of his murderous escapades. Um, and at this point... Now, was this a legit marriage or was this another fake marriage? This one, it, it's... They're, they're engaged at this point. Okay. So at this point, creditors were closing in on him. And he's like, fuck this... I've got this land in Fort Worth. I'm out. Deuces. <laughs> See ya. Okay. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. You ain't finding me and you ain't getting this money because he liked going by aliases. He never really used his real, real name. A.K.A. H.H. Holmes when his name was not H.H. Holmes. Um, so at this point, you know, he's got all these creditors in there. And at a meeting with them, he did meet with them in the fall of 1893 before he before he left and they told him that his debts totaled up to fifty thousand dollars yeah he was so that's a lot of money now now imagine what it was like back then okay that's probably like a cool couple meal compared to now like i don't know what the inflation is but hang on yeah let's see what that was siri how much was fifty thousand dollars in 1890 worth today Come on, Siri. One moment. Okay, I found this. Okay, in 2020, $50,000 from 1890 is the equivalent to $1.489 million. So, a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. So, at this point, like I said, he didn't decide it. After he finds out how much he owes, he's like, fuck y'all, I'm out. So, he moved, and he was going to work and uh, make money on the land that... He had gotten from Minnie. He took with him Georgina and Benjamin Pitzel. Now, at this point, Mr. Pitzel, he took out a life insurance policy on him for $10,000. Mr. Pitzel is Mm -hmm. a family man. He's a hardworking man. Mm -hmm. So how come he up and left his wife and five kids? He left so that way he could go work, but he was going to send them money and come back to see them. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. So, yeah. Um, at this point, he also got arrested for an alleged insurance fraud. While he was in jail, he had, um, because he tried to secure another drugstore in St. Louis, but that doesn't work out the first time. So he gets arrested because this woman is, she catches on. Right. On what's going on. So he was arrested and um, he was afraid of being arrested and he was afraid of being locked up well yeah hey, but he kept doing this stuff right where his cell was he could see people being hung 
from his jail cell and he had said i'm never that's never going to happen to me i'm sorry dude but it does happen to you. spoiler <laughs> oh, alert dude, spoilers spoiler alert but he sees spoilers. that and he's like i'm never going to get that way that's not going to be me i'm going to make sure that that's not me shouldn't have made stupid decisions buddy shouldn't have made stupid decisions so <sighs> at this point he shares a sale with a guy named marvin headpeth and he was a known outlaw at this time and he told Hedgepeth of his plan for the insurance plot, um, insurance fraud because him and Pitzel had decided that they were going to fake his death and they were each going to split this $10,000. Why? If you are in a sale with somebody, you are going to tell them your plan. You mm-hmm. don't know this person. Mm-hmm. So what? Are you going to kill them too? Right. Because, I mean, somebody's going to tell. Right. Somebody's going to snitch on you. And Hedgepeth does. Spoiler alert. So, he tells him, you know, I'm going to send you $500 of this $10,000, right? Me and Pitzel are going to split the 5000 and I'm sending you 500 of it because... So, it's like $500,000. Now times. Well, now times. So it's right. probably like ten grand now. Right. So, he's saying that he's going to send him $500 because he referred him to um, a lawyer... Who was not the best lawyer who could get away with stuff and knew what was going on basically okay so <laughs> at this smart man stupid decisions right. right so do you think that he uh that he sent mr petzel 500 dollars? no i don't think he sent him money while she think the dude rolled on him <clears throat> right so exactly so in June of 1895, Pinkerton detective Frank Geyer arrived in Philadelphia to invest the alleged case of insurance fraud, like I said about the about the drugstore. Drug okay, so the suspect's name was Doctor Mudgett. Again, he uses, he his uses real name different that time. names. He uses different names for different reasons, right? Um, now, uh, Mister P- <laughs> Mister Pitzel dies. Okay. They, everybody's thinking he's really dead he's really dead okay okay but mr pitzel's under the impression this is going to be fake you're going to find this cadaver because h.h H. holmes is a smart guy he's going to find a cadaver that resembles him as far as like the length and the gender but and they're going to mess it up real so that way identification can't right but they're going to mess it up and then that's how they're going to get the insurance money right so at this point <clears throat> You know, they're investigating this because suspicion. Right. Okay. You just moved out here. We literally just gave you this insurance policy, and now this guy's dead? Mm. Okay. Nay, nay. Nay, nay. So, they tracked them to Fort Worth, of course, um, to St. Louis, and then to Philadelphia. So, this guy was all around. So, in the mid-1894, um, Mr. Greyer says that Holmes is greatly given to... Um, lying with a sort of florid ornamentation and all of his stories are decorated with flamboyant draperies intended by him to strengthen the plausible of his statements. So in other words, he talks real pretty. Yeah. And talking, he has the appearance of a candor, becomes pathetic at times with pathos will serve him best so he's saying what you want to hear so he's saying what you, he knows is going to get you to believe him mm-hmm. he's telling you a sob story and you are falling for it hook line and sinker and this guy's like not nah, not nah, 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 i didn't fall for it Mm-mm. so <clears throat> of course at this point the Philadelphia coroner had requested that a member of Pitzel's family, who was now living in St. Louis, had to come and identify the body. Right. Now, this body is all mangled up because fire. They Burned set it. this body on fire to make it, yeah. Make it kind of hard to recognize and all that. Right. So, his wife, Connie, and three of his younger children were sick. They were ill okay. at this time. Um, so, they sent her second oldest daughter because her oldest daughter needed to be there to help take care of her mother and right. three younger siblings so they sent alice who was the second oldest now she was only 15 at this time but because this family knew h.h H. holmes she agreed we're talking sunday dinner kind of right like 
this is your dad's friend. We're going to send you with him because he's, you know, we know him. So they sent him to, with him to, uh, to claim and identify the body, which she did. At that point, she was taken back to St. Louis and he used his charge. He used that charm and ways again. And he persuaded Connie to let him take, um, Alice and her daughter Nellie and her son Howard and Nellie was only 11 and Howard was 8 Okay. Um, at the time he wanted to take them on a trip he's like they just lost their father let me take them on a trip I'm sure that's kind of how that conversation went so she's like okay you know I'm recovering from an illness they seem fine let me we're good yeah now, Alice and her sister wrote regularly to their mother, but how many of those letters the Not mother real. actually got, I don't think that she got any of them. It's reported that she may have gotten some of them, but then some well, of them, it was, they found a lot locked up. How many of those letters were actually <clears throat> written by the daughters? Right. I guess because of the content of the letters, they're pretty sure that it is. Because, like, she's saying, why haven't I heard from you, Mom? I want to hear from you. What's going on? You know? Well, I'm saying, but the ones that the mom received, you know, H.H. Holmes kind of seemed like, well, he's a smart guy. Mm -hmm. He's not trying to get caught. Right. So maybe, you know. And And in some of the things that I found, she may have gotten a couple they're not sure and then in some of them they're like she didn't get any of them we found all of these letters when we were finding mm. when we were finding these things so we're which, getting ahead of which ourselves. one is true <laughs> i don't know yeah so he took her on a he takes him on a trip and they it's said that alice wrote her mom regularly um now holmes was arrested in philadelphia and the police discovered a dead box containing some dozen letters from the girls that had never been posted from the dates on the letters and various local references, um, Greyer was able to locate and construct a route that the party had taken. He used different names for of hotels course. and things like that. And what's really sad is that Carrie Petzl and her two other children had stayed only three blocks away from them at one time. Oh, my God. While she was searching for them. Because she's like, where's my babies? You've been gone for so long. You should be back by now from this trip. So she starts searching. And she got that close to finding her babies. And never did. Yeah. Um, So now, while he's locked up at this point... He says that the three children are safe and sound with Miss Minnie Williams. Miss Minnie Williams is safe and sound, all right. Safe and sound in the basement. Mm-hmm. And she said that they're with Minnie Williams in London. So they're okay. They're fine. They're fine. So now in Grier's final journey, um, it was in Toronto. So there, um, they found that he had stayed in this hotel. And... Um, there was no mention of Howard at this point. It was just two kids, not three, yeah. that checked into this hotel. Now, in one of the last letters that Alice wrote, which was dated on October the 14th, she wrote, Howard is not with us now. So she must have known that Something Howard happened. was dead. Yeah. So, however, a, a Toronto resident named Thomas Rivas thought that the description of Holmes resembled a man who had rented a house next to his in October of 1895. So a quick search led Guyers, who was accompanied by police detectives, um, to where the caller said that they rented the house. And that's where they found the buried bodies of Alice and Nellie. So he had killed them, left them in Toronto. Mm. So eventually returning to Indianapolis, Guyers discovered that Holmes... Um, had asked for the key to a house that was for rent in Indianapolis. So on August 27th of 1895, searching the house, he opened a long chimney flute and found a partially burnt little boy. And it was Howard's. Oh, my God. So this poor woman has then lost three, three of her, of her babies. and her husband. Her husband. And all of this at the hand of somebody, somebody that she they thought was that a she could trust. Yeah can't trust nobody so sad. not even now you can't trust anybody right 
So following finding the bodies of Alice and Nellie, the Chicago police investigated the hotel. So this is where they find out what all is going on at the hotel. Now, some of the third floor rooms were furnished just as a normal hotel would be. They, um, but some were windowless and filled with um, airtight doors to where they couldn't open. So at last, there were um, also some that was fitted with gas jets. Now, its cutoff valves was in Holmes' own apartment, which he had above the hotel. I mean, if you didn't build this hotel, you're going to stay in it. Right. You're going to live there. Right. Now, in his office, they did find a bank book that was belonging to Lucy Burbank, um, which listed a balance of $23,000. So we can assume why he murdered this woman. Yeah. Um, but, of course, at this point, Lucy Burbank could not be traced. So, hmm. yeah. So the police then went to the cavernous basement. Dun, dun, dum, dum. Now, they said that they found a, uh, a vate of acid in which there were eight ribs and parts of a skull. It also had a large kiln, which is, again, why I was talking about Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Throwing them, throwing in, the fire. Throwing them in the fire. It was a dissection table, <clears throat> which uh, which was stained with blood and piles of quicksilam. Now, scattered about, there were burnt remains of women's shoes, more bones and articles of clothing, two, picks of, two pits of quicklime containing human remains, possibly those of the Williams sister, a uh, dumb water descended from the floors above, so this is where he's able to drop the bodies down. And by this time, Holmes had been able to secretly lower the bodies of his victims in the basement without anybody knowing. So, and the way that they found the bones, they were so decomposed or so chopped up. They could just so much dissolved from the line. Right. That they could not even tell if it was human bones or animal bones. Oh, my God. Like, that's how bad these bodies were that they couldn't Dude. even tell if they were human and that's why they don't and know and they also can't tell how, how many. many were there because how many actually completely just disintegrated and there's no trace of them exactly exactly like how many were burned how many were dissolved how many were you know eaten away by lime mm-hmm. Each, oh my jesus yeah and now it's unsure if he raped any of his victims i personally I think he did. It, it, I don't because he was so charming and he was engaged several times, married several times. He was even in a bigamously style type marriage. Like he should have been married, but he was married to like three women at one time. So I don't, I don't know if he would do it and, you know, rape them because he had all of these other women that were alive. I mean, but still, but you, I don't know. Um, you know, even as charming as he was, mm-hmm. you know, pressure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you don't know because right. you Right. We there. don't know. We don't know. And I'm glad so, that I don't know, honestly. I, you and me both. <laughs> um, now, there are rumors that he, uh, he possessed a variety of torture implements, but this has never been proven. So, that's just rumor at this point. Um when he was standing trial in Philadelphia in the fall of 1895 for the murder of Benjamin Pitzel because they found him, you know. It was you, actually him. that you, Yeah. You murdered this guy. Like, <laughs> you actually on. murdered him for the insurance policy. <laughs> it was not fraud this time. Right. Now, while he, um, when he was found guilty of that, and while he was in prison awaiting execution for the murder of Benjamin Pitzel, he confessed in detail to killing 27 people. But again... How accurate that number is, we'll never and know. How many more right. might be there? Right, because he could have exaggerated and been like, "If I'm going down, oh, you're going to remember me. I killed 27 people." Or he could be, "I don't want people to know that I killed so many people." Or so he may not want people to know he's Jack the Ripper. That too. Okay, because right. look, Jack the Ripper and him coincide. He has that medical background mm-hmm. that 
he could have taken a sabbatical out in London. Mm-hmm. And he, because they haven't, they, we talked about this when you did Jack the Ripper, about mm-hmm. how Jack the Ripper had to have had some kind of a medical background for the way oh, he yeah, killed he, these he people. He had to have. So to me, H.H. H. Holmes, I mean, he never went by his real name. He ever not. nobody knew who jack the ripper was so what if he st- happened to have studied abroad under a different name mm-hmm. in london because you talked about um him selling the skeletons and everything as mm-hmm. cadavers to medical schools and things like that and that was a big thing during that time in london for grave robbers and everything Mm -hmm. so who's to say he might not have studied under a false name in london Mm -hmm. at a medical school and while he was there he started killing people got a taste for it hopped the ocean it's very possible and started became up as hh holmes because so much of it coincides with the time frame the medical Mm -hmm. background the the attacking women yeah the primarily being women yeah i, I mean it's it's very women very that possible. were on their own very, very women possible. that really didn't have anybody else so i mean but we but we can think that hedgepath the outlaw that he was he was with yeah he was locked up with because when he found out that you know he got the money and not only did he get the, the five thousand dollars he got the full ten yeah and he didn't send him any money you know he rolled he he told and that's how he was found guilty because he's like no 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 hey nay, hey nay. hey nay, nay. Nay, nay. listen warden i've got something i want to tell you you know that guy that was just locked up with me um yeah he just told me that he was going to um he was going to commit insurance fraud and he was going to get this $10,000 that he set out on this guy, this life insurance policy. Yeah. And he won, he he's going to murder him. And I don't know if he told him if he's really going to murder him. Yeah. Or not. But either way, he told him that he was at least going to fake. He's going to fake his death. Yeah. Or murder him, one of the two. And um, he's going to get this money. But he's, he, he was supposed to send me money and he didn't. So, so now, now I'm wrong. I'm gone. Yeah. So, so that's how he got locked up we to begin with for that. So we can thank him for that because he did get him off the streets. Thank you, Outlaw Hedgepath. <laughs> so technically, was Jack the Ripper caught? <laughs> right, was he? I don't know. Exactly. But that's interesting. Then it makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. Makes you think. It does. Now, while he was waiting on his execution, this is a quote from Mr. Holmes himself. He wrote, because he wrote an autobiography. Will not be reading it. <laughs> this, this trial was almost like the O.J. Simpson trial of its day. Yeah. Because everybody was interested in this. Everybody wanted to to go to the hotel to see these things. Everybody wanted to buy up everything that they could so buy. So it's kind of like so it's it's the whole you know um, serial killer mm-hmm. museums this is the and beginning everything of that. now. This like, is the beginning of that. Oh, this is the beginning of the interest. So even back then, people were like, "Well, I mean, What's it was a big on? thing because that didn't really happen no. back then." This is the first documented serial killer in America. Now, granted, this was in the late 1800s, so America and was around granted, 100 years old Granted, he wasn't really probably the first, but he's the first real documented, documented one. There is. Absolutely. So, because of that, it's like, okay, we really want to learn everything that we can about this guy. So, mm-hmm. again, Holmes is smart. That's why he wrote the autobiography. He's like, even if I'm locked up, I'm going to make some money. Can you use your money when you, you locked up, You can't stop the hustle, okay? You can't Jesus. stop the hustle. Somebody needs to stop but, this hustle. <laughs> He wrote in this autobiography, it says, I am convinced that since my imprisonment, I have changed woefully and gruesomely from what I formerly in feature and figure. My head and face are gradually assuming an elongated shape. I believe fully that I am growing to resemble the devil and the similitude is almost complete. So he wanted to be, he's like, I'm becoming the devil. Screw it. If well, I'm going to do point, it, I'm going like, to do it. Well, at this right. point, he's like, well, I'm going to die anyway, so I might as well just spout some bullshit. Right. And this part's going to interest you because it kind of goes a little paranormal after he was executed. I'm listening. It says that weird events followed um, his death that caused some of the um, credulous people who were involved in the case yeah. and his execution 
um, to wonder whether they're really, if, to wonder if he was really was possessed by the devil because Frank Geyer, the guy yeah. that arrested him, was taken seriously ill, and the warden of the police in uh, Philadelphia, where Holmes had been held and committed, um, where he had been held, he committed suicide. The foreman of the jury that had found him guilty was accidentally electrocuted. And Emily Sengrand's father was horribly burned in a boiler explosion. Okay. So, the foreman of the jury that had found him guilty was accidentally electrocuted. And Emmeline Sengrand's father was horribly burned in a boiler explosion. The priest who had delivered the last rites on Holmes's body was found mysteriously dead in his church grounds. Now, finally, a fire completely destroyed the interior of the Chicago's district attorney's office, leaving only a photograph of Holmes untouched. Dude, that is right up my alley. Okay, first of all, yeah. I can look at that part logically. Coincidence. But at the same Possibly. time, mm-hmm. did Holmes lay down a curse? Okay. When he sat there and said, that's not going to happen to me, and he ended up getting hung, and he said, I am becoming the devil, basically he's like, I'm coming for all you bitches. Right. He's like, watch what I tell you. So, to me, yeah, that that's right up my alley. That is super duper creepy, mm-hmm. and I love it. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> I, I don't love the fact that he killed a lot of people. Right. But, but the <sighs> fact that it's like, you got to think that if that hotel was still standing today how fucking haunted do you think that they place would be it would be so haunted at like this what if he actually came back and he haunted that hotel Ooh. oh my <laughs> god okay just like the horror it. tourists would lose their shit which i mean i know they tore it down but right, they did could you just imagine mm imagine like what kind of an experience paranormal wise that would be to go right. stay the night at H.H. H. Holmes murder castle mm-hmm. and experience like the re- the ghost or the residual energy reenacting one of the murders or reenacting <sighs> their death or seeing H.H. H. Holmes walk down a hallway out the corner of your eye. Oh my God, that would freak me the hell out. Like, I think it'd be wild as shit, but it would freak me the hell out. I'm like, I will never step foot back in that place. But what if even the land that it was on was haunted? Right. And that would be interesting to, for that maybe something you would be able to look up for your, one of your paranormal, one of your paranormal episodes is to see if there has been any. Oh, I have a whole paranormal list of shit activity. That Maybe I'm you can add into. that to. Y'all have no idea. I have a whole okay. list. When of things. I say I have a list of serial killers, like Look, I have a list. Of you got a whole killers. binder. I'm binder. just like, dude. Okay. Every okay. time I turn around, I'm watching something else on another. I can get on one topic and then something else. Will, oh shit! And it'll go into this topic, and I'm like, it's just a rolling thing with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to keep it. But, Trying to keep it semi-organized to where I'm like, I am controlled okay. chaos. Okay, <laughs> I am just so. like the paranormal. I am chaos. Um, my but. my thing is, if he did put a curse on those people, did he put a curse on their entire families? And are these people still affected from like descendants? To me, down? it kind of sounds like King Tut's curse. Mm-hmm. Like they like they opened king tut's tomb and then all these people started dropping dead well this is the curse of h.h holmes everybody that was involved in his Mm -hmm. capture and eventual execution either they personally or a member of their family met with some kind of bad luck or tragedy or untimely death and that is mind blown Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. i did not know about that Mm -hmm. i did not know about that Mm -hmm. and that is wild to me you're welcome. Thank you, because now that's going to be like <laughs> in the back of my head now. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, okay. And I'm excited to... H.H. Holmes lay a curse. Right. I'm excited to learn more about other serial killers and to see if there's anything else like that that's happened. But, you know, this is the first one that I've ran across that right. was was like that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you want to take me out of this world? Guess what? 
I'm gonna make sure that you get taken out of this world and in a horrible way. You and your get family. taken out, and, and he you was like Oprah Winfrey up in here. Oh my God! You know, Oprah Winfrey like, from the afterlife. You get a free pass to the afterlife, and you get a free pass to the afterlife, and I'm taking you with me. Okay. Oh my God! Okay. That is just, that's just wild. But again, all of that could lead up to just you know coincidence, coincidence. like right. you know things like that can be explained. Right. So it's either a really weird coincidence, or he really did put a curse on these I, people my, my logical mind goes it's all coincidence okay mm-hmm. um with the boiler exploding faulty boilers things like that we it wasn't exactly execution that could have happened oh <sighs> i you, mean reli- the electric chair is not uh, that reliable and i mean oh, electricity was not as well known about mm-hmm. as it is now yep and people mucking around in an electrical box, they're not going to think, oh, I need to cut the power, and or this doesn't really need to go here. Right. Um, people fall sick. Things, you know, again, with the precinct that caught on fire, mm-hmm. that could have been somebody committing arson. Yeah. It could have been people were allowed to smoke indoors. Somebody could have dropped a cigarette, left something lit. Back Anything. then, they used fires to yeah. warm. It could, have been called, it could have been an errant coal from a fireplace that just happened to mm-hmm. catch and it went up. It could be anything. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. then again, with a story as big as him, Hello. We as humans are wanting Hello. to make connections. Oh, yeah. We want to. Bad. And I did forget to mention that the date that he was executed. Yeah. That was on May the 7th of 1896. I know some people are interested on what serial killers last meals are. Right. His last meal was a breakfast of boiled eggs, toast and coffee. He was hung. And um, when they put the rope around the guys, put the rope around his neck, he turned to the hangman and he said, take your time, old man. And he smiled at him. Okay, yeah, he cursed him. <laughs> Just saying, he cursed him. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. dude. That's that's so messed up. I forgot to mention that part. Yeah, like the... But yeah. I've never really been interested in what their last meals were, but I do know, I read something somewhere where, like, the state of Texas no longer allows last meals thanks to some serial killer down there because he ordered, like, so much food and then refused to eat it. Really? Yeah. I forget who it was. It happened to come up on, like, a ranker list on Facebook. and. I mean, honestly, at the point, if you're going to die, what's the eat point the food. of eating? Or either eat the food, one just or the, the other. Food. I mean... My last meal? Just... Yeah, what would your last meal be? <sighs> Starbucks coffee. It would just be coffee. Give me a Starbucks coffee, give me a cigarette, and a Red Bull. <laughs> I mean... Okay. I'm like, come on, at least I'm going to go out hype. Yeah, I like it. I'm gonna go out hype. I don't know what mine would be. Maybe a good old steak. Ah, that's too cliche. Maybe a good old steak. Too cliche. I'm gonna go out basic white bitch. I'm gonna ask for a white claw. (laughs) There you go. I'm gonna ask for a white claw. There you go. Bring me a truly pineapple. (laughs) Going out. I'm going to be a bud light and some chicken wings. (laughs) Bring me a white claw and um a pumpkin spice latte, because you know PSLs are back. It's fall. I do. Yes. I love it. I love it. And I love I'm the going fact out basic white girl. that, side note, I love the fact that Spirit Halloween stores are going to be opening. Oh, they were already open because the one in Danville's already open. Oh. Because I kept getting the emails and I kept seeing that they weren't going to open and then they oh, no, changed the one and then they did open. We got to make a trip. We're making a trip. It, it's we not. We have to make a trip. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It is. And that's it's like my Christmas. favorite store. It's Halloween. That's like my favorite store. <laughs> and I keep getting like coupons and stuff like that. So I, email, I love how so. we can end an episode on a zero Something killer positive? talking about like. Something positive. Being basic white girls. <laughs> I love it too. Going to spirit. What I want to take away. My takeaways from H.H. Holmes is. Don't trust everyone with your kids read the hotel reviews okay read the hotel reviews tripadvisor.com right right and this i i would if i had to sum him up in just one statement i would say mad genius i mean he's scary mad genius mad genius yeah that 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 sounds about right it's like yeah just somebody that's so smart can make such stupid stupid decisions yeah 
Like, I mean, if he'd have yeah. just left it alone. He, in that aspect, he reminds me a lot of Ted Bundy because Ted Bundy was also very, very smart. Well, it's almost like they wanted to get caught. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, wanted. at some point he was like, I'm just, he probably had this feeling of like, you know what? I'm when, probably when he was locked up and he told Hedgepath because he knew that that guy was going to snitch on him. Yeah, he knew. I mean, he probably had the idea of, you know what? I've done, done all these things. If I'm going to go, I'm going to, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. Right. That kind of thing. You know. So, I, I I think that he probably know, found figured he was finally in a situation he couldn't charm himself out of. Right. So. Right. And it didn't say much about his childhood, which that part interests me with serial killers because it's like what again makes people tick. I know. Jack the Ripper. Jack. Fucking Ripper. Really, the only thing that it says was that he was a self-proclaimed mama's boy. He loved his mama. Again, the female. But, aspect the female mm-hmm. concentration mm-hmm. yeah but other than that it really i wasn't able to find too much on Freud that shit. so but uh, uh yeah again i truly truly which believe I mean, that could also be because of the fire that was set to the place that had to you know what i mean that yeah da's office so maybe a lot of his records of his history were Burned up. Maybe and it was but just I like doubt I they don't want have... you to know anything about me, and I'm I don't know. It's uh it's very very interesting. Thank you for doing my my suggestion. Of course. We've I appreciate more that. suggestions coming up. And uh so and I have to just take a minute and say I love these cups. They're very okay. cute. Thank you for the cup. You're welcome. Shout out to Amy. She bought us these oh. cups that say drink up witches. And they're purple, kinda and they're iridescent, purple. and they're fantastic. They're Dollar General, y'all. Two bucks. <laughs> um, we need the official cups of the Witches Be Like podcast. Absolutely. We can't sell them to you, but you can go to Dollar General and buy one. Right. So, <laughs> you, um, you'll you have to, because I just brought you the book. Mm-hmm. So, she brought me a book, and I'm going to read it. Yeah, it's called The Last Victim. It was recommended to us by a listener, and Tia. It's, called, it's by Jason Moss, uh-huh. and it says it is a true life journey into the mind of the serial killer, and... I am going to read this, and then I think um, after I finish reading it, we ought to do a review. Just like mm-hmm. um, when we do, you this, have a book. The, when we do the serial killer based on that book that yeah. I got the information from. Well, it's three on here. Right. Right. Okay. Well, it's really one is the one that it's centered mostly on. Right. Um, it's this one right here. That one. Uh huh. Okay. I want to do him next. Okay. And what we're going to do is when we do that one, or whenever you finish the book. This book is going to fuck me up, isn't it? It is. Holy shit. Um, See, the one I lent you is not going to fuck you up. I'm sorry. <laughs> but once you finish that she book. She gave me the lottery ticket she used as a bookmark. <laughs> it actually is a winning lottery ticket, too. It's got like four bucks on it. <laughs> Just she loves me. Just saying. Anyway. So, um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll talk about him once you finish that. Gotcha. And we'll record an episode on that person. So I think that what we're going to do is the 13th is going to be the date that we do the serial, serial killers, killers episodes. And the, and the 27th, we'll do the paranormal. So that'll be Amy's part of that. So be on the lookout because the next one that we'll put out. And I still need a name for mine. Right. Still need a name, um, guys. We'll ask Wayne. We'll have to think about that. We'll, we'll ask have Wayne. To, Think. Wayne gave us Ashley's bowl of cereal, so he did. I have to ask Wayne. Ashley's bowl of cereal, and I love it. So, when you finish with that, we'll record the one on this one. Works for me. And exciting things, guys! Exciting things. Yeah. And we're so. gonna leave that one a surprise. We're not gonna tell you. No, you're you're not finding out what any. It, we're we're not giving hints away anymore. No, we're not. We're not. We're, we're gonna not. let you surprise, <laughs> so that way you can tell us how you feel. Right. And if we come out with a serial killer one, if we record before you finish the book. We'll do a different serial killer. Got we'll you. wait and do this. Well, I don't think it's going to take me long. Right. Yeah. But it, it probably a week. Just be prepared. Yes. Be prepared. So, with that being said, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Witches Be Like with Ashley's yes. Bowl of Cereal, H.H. Yes. H. Holmes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you can please give us a like on Facebook. 
which is we like podcast we are we're at we said in the last one we had what two thirty three thirty three we're at 240 now grown at 240 yay and um yeah so again give us a like on facebook you can also follow us on instagram at witches be i promise i'll get better at it but you know i don't do insta that much um you can send us an email at witches be like podcast if you have any uh ghost stories you'd like to share with me we'll keep it all anonymous so you don't have to have your name right um because i would love to have a listener story episode mm-hmm. at some point so i figured that'd be awesome or even if you wanted to send a voice clip for us to use and you ask a question that right? would, that would be, be cool really, too hey questions from the listeners right we'd be down for it i like it um also you can listen to us now on not only Apple and Spotify and the Podbean app, you can get us on Google Play. We're now available on Alexa, Amazon so Podcast, funny. and still waiting on iHeartRadio and Pandora to upload us, but they're coming soon. So you'll be able to get us pretty much anywhere. Yes. So so exciting. Yes. So thank you guys for listening <clears throat> and following us. We truly appreciate all the support and all the love. It's been fantastic, and we look forward to bringing more insane ass episodes your way yes so that being said thank you guys and we will see you on the next episode yep stay creepy This episode of Witches Be Like Podcast was written and recorded by Amy Throckmorton and Ashley Link. It was produced by the boys of Master POS Theater. If you want to get in touch with us, you got an idea, you have a theory, you just want to talk, you can hit us up on Facebook at Witches Be Like Podcast, follow us on Instagram at Witches Be, or drop us a line on our email at Witches Be Like Pod at gmail.com. You can find our podcast. Anywhere podcasts are sold, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and the like. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the next one. Stay spooky and always be weird.